and welcome to Four Women by Women's Story about yet another amazing woman on a mission to improve the lives of women around the world. She is a West Point graduate in engineering and operations, ex-army officer turned corporate executive who has worked her way up in companies like General Mills and PepsiCo and then moving to medical sphere where she worked at Medtronic and in Pedimad, occupying different positions and building her career while raising four kids at home. Uh, such broad professional experience, leadership skills she gained during her mil- military career and the knowledge gained working with top medical professionals, she ventured to start her own business in the domain of AI-empowered wearable medical devices. The company is called Odunata Health with the aim to help women and clinicians measure and monitor key vital statistics of a fetus during pregnancy, labor, and delivery. And to do so, Odonata Health has partnered with one of the top providers in the world and certainly number one clinic in the U.S., Mayo Clinic, working closely with Dr. Paul Friedman, one of the top diagnostic cardiologists in the world. Today, I'm tuning in from my home in San Francisco. We're sheltering in place due to COVID-19 and talking to Ann Holder, the CEO of Odonata Health. Hi, Ann. How's it going? Where are you at? Hi, I'm good. All is well here. Um, sitting in my office at home, um, and I am actually located in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Nice. Um, I'm happy for this opportunity to talk to you today uh, as the continuation of our interviews with game-changing leaders and entrepreneurs who are shaping the future, each in their respective domains. So I've heard about your product from our team at HTech, which is developing it. And hearing about it, I was inspired to dedicate this fast-forward story to your cause. And what I love about your company is that it feels very personal. As a woman, I clearly identified with your mission. And the mission is to develop solutions that empower women to proactively understand their health and improve their own and their fetuses' health outcomes. So to start with, can you share a bit of your story with us, um, the beginnings in the U.S. military service, and then moving to the corporate world of America. Can you compare the, the skills you gained uh, in these two environments and how have they shaped you as a person and uh, as an entrepreneur? Sure, I'd be happy to. So I actually uh, started my career um, after military service. I graduated um, from West Point um, in the U.S. outside of New York City um, with an engineering degree and did my military time. Most of it was actually in Europe. And then um, when I got out of the military, um, I was, you know, looking for different things that I could do, not quite understanding um, the experience that I had in the military and how it would translate into business. But I did have a technical degree. Um, and was definitely more prone to working um, in the technical field. So 
So I ended up um, with an interview and my first job at General Mills. Um, General Mills is a uh, maker of um, cereal and Yoplait yogurt. Uh, They have a lot of brands under their umbrella. And I worked in a plant um, just doing a cereal process uh, design and then um, transitioned into operations, um, primarily because I was really drawn to working with people and leading um, leading people. And that part of my career um, was great with an engineering degree um, um, in an operations role. It was very valuable. And I, not long after that, had other opportunities where I gained um, increasing responsibility in operations, moving to managing, you know, just a line that produced uh, product, food products, to um, manufacturing facilities, and and then actually in roles where I was managing um, manufacturing and logistics um, for a, reg- uh, a full region. Um, and from there, I moved into medical devices and did sales and finance. So it was it was very valuable um, for me um, as a background, having that technical background, but then moving into other roles. Um, what they, you know, if I look at the roles that I had in corporate America and also the experience that I had in the military, um, it was what I really gained out of that that I think has really helped me with my career along the way is the discipline that I got at the military. Um, and also realizing that, you know, every day is different and you need to embrace the day and um, take the good with the bad and not worry about the future. Um, and then also having all these experiences really did help me with my my confidence in myself and having this really well-rounded background and understanding um, that I had the skill set to, to do things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it's something like stress management, leadership, people management, and the mixture with, with technical. Exactly. Skills. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, lately you seem to have a track record of working uh, with m- mostly medical initiatives. We mentioned Medtronic, uh, Impedimed, which is the world leader in the development of medical devices which utilize bioimpedance Spectros- I can't. <laughs> spectroscopy. <laughs> spectroscopy. <laughs> uh, and then uh, service B2H uh, consulting group uh, with the service disabled veteran owned small business, um, which then focused on providing medical supplies and technology uh, to the VA and DOD hospitals and clinics. And then finally working with Mayo Clinic. Uh, where, as far as I understood, uh, you are positioned uh, now as entrepreneur in residence. So um, when did the idea of founding your own company in the domain of healthcare technology arise? And also, how did you find about the challenges with fetal health monitoring? Well, so it kind of goes back to the progression of my career. Um, uh, When I was in on the technology side um, and was working for food manufacturing, I had the option to go into sales. And um, I really wanted to be in a position after, um, you know, building 
um, technology, uh, managing operations. Um, I really wanted to drive sales and I wanted to drive revenue. So I ended up working um, in a company where I could use my engineering background and I went into telecom and worked for a great company. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to work at a very high level in sales um, at the corporate level. And um, when we had the opportunity to move uh, to California, um, mostly for my husband's work, um, I was actually, I had the opportunity to get into sales because of the skill sets that I had. They were um, really looking for people that had a specific skill set in medical devices. That's how I ended up at Medtronic. And it was a phenomenal experience. Um, I started off in a national accounts role and then went into finance, um, back into the field doing solution development for strategic partners, and then um, finally ended my career um, at Medtronic in a business development role at corporate. And that's really where I got um, uh, kind of the, the feeling that I really wanted to get into a small company in a startup environment because I was out looking at all of these different startup technologies and working with the CEOs, talking to the CEOs, understanding their background, and really felt the drive to get into an area of technology where I could um, help develop um, IP um, into a commercial product. So that's kind of how the whole thing started. Um, and I went to Impedimed after that. Um, and it was really when I was at um, Impedimed and at Medtronic that I started working very closely with the Mayo Clinic. Um, mostly in the area of cardiology, um, and it's where I built some of my relationships that kind of brought me to this position um, where I was working with uh, Mayo, um, specifically contracted with uh, Mayo Ventures as an entrepreneur in residence, but working in a really unique area where I had the ability to work across service lines, working with cardiology and OBGYN to bring a whole new technology to the marketplace. Wow. And that's also uh, mm -hmm. together with this veteran in residence program? Or yeah. Um, so when I decided to take this, um, this opportunity with Mayo, I applied for a um, an accelerator program that is um, it's called Ve uh, Veterans in Residence, um, and it's operated by WeWork um, and in conjunction with Bunker Labs, and it's focused primarily on founders who are veterans that have that military experience, and it was just a phenomenal opportunity for me to get the support that I needed. Um, as I was in the very early stage of developing my company. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And and so how did this community, the veter is there a lot of uh, veteran-started startups out there? It, it's really interesting. Um, there's a lot of history around entrepreneurship and veterans, and it goes all the way back to World War II. When the veterans um, were coming back from World War II, it's really what helped grow the economy in the U.S. because you had so many people with an entrepreneurial spirit that started these new companies. 
And there's a, a strong history of it um, in the U.S., and a lot of companies are started by veterans. And so now there's a whole community around it um, with a support structure um, for the, the entrepreneurs. I did not know that. That's interesting. Uh, and so within this network, they, they, they're they helping each other, and, and they, they, I guess, helped you uh, on this yeah, pretty pretty significantly. Um, just with the people that they introduced me to, uh, there is a, a woman here in the state of Minnesota who is also a veteran. Um, she was in the Navy, and she's part of uh, the Minnesota High Tech Association, and she's really focused on government grants and helping people get grants. And because of her veteran status, she and I connected. She's been um, incredibly helpful uh, to us, she was, you know, an example of, of one. Um, the leadership um, in the city of Minneapolis was pretty phenomenal, specifically in helping me develop my pitch and fine tuning my pitch um, for investors. Um, and it, it kind of, there's just an, all across the spectrum. Um, as an entrepreneur, they helped me in many different ways, um, just through, you know, connections to business leaders and investors as well. Yeah, I, I can see that. So what would you say was the, the hardest part in transferring from corporate uh, to, to self-started entrepreneurial startup world? <laughs> Is there one thing that was the most daunting for you? You know, there there were a lot of things. So I do have a very diverse background when it comes to different facets of running a business, but there were pieces that I, I was missing. Um, so as I embarked on this journey, you know, there were a lot of things that I really needed help with, specifically uh, just, um, you know, doing financing rounds. I didn't even know what a seed round was compared to an A round and a B round. I mean, there was a lot that I didn't know on that side of the world. And luckily I found some, some folks that helped me. Um, the other thing that was difficult for me was just um, not having a support structure around me from a business aspect. Personally, I have a phenomenal um, support network around me with my family and friends. But um, from a corporate perspective, you know, it wasn't like I could walk down the hall and talk to the folks in marketing and, and have them, you know, work with me on a project. I was doing it all myself. So, you know, it's just um, not having that type of business support around you when you're really doing the whole thing yourself. Mm-hmm. And all this with four kids at home. <laughs> For me, this is this is a phenomenon. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, interesting. So, um, would you say that having these uh, smart partnerships with with medical institutions and professionals and R and D companies and other compliance and regulatory experts had a big impact on on your company and? Uh, Starting it and also going forward, how do, how do these partnerships, uh, how important are they for, for your business? You know, they're actually incredibly um, important because, you know, you really have to know the right people and you've got to know where to go. So, I mean, you specifically 
mentioned compliance and regulatory, and then there's quality. Well, you know, I know enough of those areas to be dangerous, but I am by no means an expert. And when you're bringing a medical technology to the market, um, it's a critical, critical component of the work that you need to do. But I was able to find people in the right places, and it's nice, very nice to be located in the Twin Cities, which is really you know, the center of medical Medical, technology, um, you know, in the U.S. So I had resources, but early on, um, I was able to find just a phenomenal mentor who became the lead investor of my seed round, who is now the chairman of my board, who works with me on a daily basis and works with me well more than 40 hours a week to bring this um, this company to the market. And she'd been in medical devices for um, years as an investor um, and also as an analyst. And um, her name is Kathy Toon. And between the two of us and the relationships that we have in the medical device community, we were able to find the right partnerships so that we could bring this technology um, to the market. It also helped that Kathy has really strong relationships at Mayo Clinic as well. So um, just navigating a large organization um, like Mayo has just been very rewarding um, for both of us as well as the the partners that we have at Mayo. Wow, and it's interesting that you are both women. <laughs> so, hence <laughs> the four women by women in your in your mission, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. And also the story about how you connected uh, with HTEC. Um, which is now your techno- product technology development uh, partner, uh, I found very interesting. So I was wondering if you could uh, share with us how 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 did this partnership uh, happen? You know, it was um, it was interesting, and I think the stars all aligned um, for all of this to happen. So the company that um, I work with um, and partnering with on the sensor side um, is Orbital um, Research, and it's out of Cleveland. Um, They make just a phenomenal dry electrode that they'd already done a lot of research utilizing um, this particular electrode for fetal monitoring and had several patents around it. And uh, in working with them, Um, when we were looking at building our first prototype, um, the president of Orbital Research introduced me to HTEC, um, specifically Dushin and and Surgeon. And um, that was the start of just an amazing um, partnership. Um, And I feel like I actually have some very, very new friends. And um, we... uh, in, in starting this whole thing, what I was specifically looking for was I needed to have very, very technical expertise in firmware development and in um, the hardware development, um, signal processing, AI, um, algorithm development, and 
what H Tech brought to the table was everything that I needed. Oh, and also to include the software platform. So um, when I was looking around for the skill sets that I needed um, here in the U.S., I couldn't find one organization that could actually provide everything that I needed so that it was a seamless uh, team working together to help me get this product to the market as quickly as I can. Because there's such a huge need for it right now, and I was really looking for that um, that partner, and HTech was able to give me um, everything that I needed. And I've just been extremely happy. And it's interesting because uh, we at HTech have also developed uh, our own ECG device, uh, which is called Humats. So I guess we already had all, all the experience needed. Yes. Well, and in the Humids device is actually using the same sensor that I use. Um, and that's how that connection was made um, because of that product and another product that was developed in conjunction with Orbital Research. Um, that's how we did this. And because these sensors are not standard and they're, they have different electrical characteristics, um, I really needed to have an organization that had that expertise. Mm-hmm. And why are these sensors uh, the ones you, you chose? Um, because they're dry. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no need for a gel electrode and the extensive skin, uh, skin prep that you have to do. If you can imagine a pregnant woman's belly that has very thin, stretched skin, and then you have to scrape off the dead skin cells when there's not a lot of skin there, um, it actually, it's not great um, for uh, for the mother. And um, so we were really looking for something that didn't have to be stuck onto the skin, that could actually um, grip onto the skin but be dry and give us a really, really nice, clean fetal ECG. That's awesome. So you, you, thought, you thought about everything. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about... Odonata and its aims in terms of from the technical and business perspective and the product, do you see it more as a consumer product, like, for example, a blood pressure measuring device that anyone, not anyone, (laughs) but pregnant women would uh, have at home, or more as a product used by medical stuff? Um, Um, Well, it's interesting. So in the development of this product, You know, we're basically capturing fetal ECG, very consistent fetal heart rate, maternal heart rate. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, biometric data that we can capture. And really, our focus is to work with the clinicians um, initially. So, you know, work with uh, um, the clinicians in the hospital um, and um, in uh the clinics, so labor and delivery, but then also um, pre-checks, non-stress tests in the clinic. Is this is this because you're still developing the product? Or? Um, we we really want to have clinical credibility, and we mm-hmm. want to have the you know the clinical data around it, so that there's faith and um, trust in our product. Um, but as we share the prototype, you know, there's a lot of people are very interested in utilizing our product in the home. Um, and with COVID-19 and the challenges associated with that, 
um, we will, um, you know, we will be looking to have this product in the home. Um, and long term, it, it could be a product where, you know, any pregnant mother can use it so that she understands how her baby's doing and how she's doing. Are they maintaining you know, the right amount of activity during the day. There's so many different opportunities um, that you can take advantage of with this technology. True. And will it ever be a completely independent uh, AI-based without the interference of, of a physician? Uh, very easily could be, yes. Um, but because of the technology, um, we would have to... Um, we'd have to be very careful how that technology is brought to the market um, just from a clinical perspective and what would be allowable. Sure. So this brings us to the regulatory and legislative ecosystems that, that um, govern the medical devices. Um, do you share the view of many that FDA procedures limit innovation in a way? And, um, Is it one of the highest hurdles for startups? Um, how do investors view um, investing in medical devices? Um, what are some of the challenges that uh, Odonata products are facing in this regard? You know, it's interesting. Um, when you live in the space of medical devices, you don't really look at it that way. Um, The FDA is there for a reason. They're there to protect the patients um, and may ensure that the products do what they say they do. Um, and I am, um, you know, a significant supporter of this strategy. Um, and I don't believe that it does limit innovation. It does slow um, innovation in some cases, depending on what the product is that you're bringing to market and how much clinical data that you have to have. But um, I, it's, it's also, I think, necessary. Um, the one thing, though, with medical devices and having a product that has to have um, an FDA uh, clearance, um, it does limit the types of investors that you go after um, because there is a perception that um, there's too much inherent risk when you have to go through the FDA to bring your, your product to the market. Um, a lot of folks will opt to not invest in your technology until you have FDA clearance. Mm -hmm. um, so that is the hurdle that all medical technologies that uh, come to market, you have to get over that hurdle. Um, luckily, um, you know, we're in a place where, Um, I believe the story that we're telling about our technology and the need for the technology um, is so great that, you know, the investors that are investing in the company feel that um, it's worth that risk. Now, all that being said, I don't believe the, the risk that you people call a risk associated with this technology is, is, is great um, as it is. Our first, our first couple products um, will be um, the lowest tier uh, clearance, which is a 510K. So as long as you um, communicate with the FDA and you get your questions answered before you submit, and um, usually you can get through the process without too many issues. 
So how how far are these products from getting approved? Next year, next calendar year. Wow, congratulations. That's interesting. And then they will um what is your what is your product market strategy? How how will these these products actually uh, get to all these uh women that need them? Well, so my background is very heavy in uh sales in medical devices. So the relationships that I have and folks that I know have very deep relationships with the large hospital systems across the U.S. and even smaller. Um, and we're working with um, different organizations um, specifically focused on fetal monitoring. So we have a strategy to get it um, out into the market, working with hospital systems, both in the hospital as well as in a remote capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay, that definitely makes sense. Um, for the end, um, I would just like to share a story of our previous guest in, in the Fast Forward Stories, which was another amazing woman, uh, executive, entrepreneur, and investor, Maya Migotti. And she mentioned one interesting thing that that stays with me, uh, which is that she only invests and supports women-led startups because women tend to focus more on real-life problems, real-life problems that uh, go along with her heart, whereas men uh, are more interested in developing uh, very technical stuff, faster uh, te- technology, AIs, and very, very deeply technical uh, stuff. So uh, I would I would agree with Maya on this, and uh, I find your comp- company to be uh, an example of this. So uh, what I wanted to ask is, did you did re- uh, mention already one uh, um, or two women that helped you, but generally, is there a lot of support from other women entrepreneurs um, Actually, in the startup world? There is, and it's quite interesting. I've gotten to be very good friends um, with a few of the female entrepreneurs here in Minneapolis, as well as other cities as well. And it's, for us, it's this network of people um, working in the medical device space, um, sharing resources, Um, so that we can all be successful. It's been really, really refreshing to see how willing people are to help. And I want to I play that forward myself and help as many people as I can um, as they bring their technologies to the market. But the other thing I do want to stress, though, um, you know, some of the most significant investors that I have in the company, to include Kathy Toon and Shelly Lanning, who is on my board, Um, it's just amazing the support that I'm getting from um, from women, investors and entrepreneurs um, and business leaders that are helping me through this process. That's amazing. So maybe one day when you retire, uh, you're going to probably give this back. Like, oh, yeah. like Maya. Maya's retired now, but she's investing all, all her energy into helping young uh, women entrepreneurs. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, great to hear. Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you, Anne. 
And in front of uh, the HTAC team, I want to say that we are really privileged to work with you on this amazing product. And hopefully it will solve important problems and eliminate the worry that women have in this one of the most beautiful but also very stressful periods of their lives. Um, we're excited to help Odonata uh, impact the health of many future moms and also their their babies. Thank you. Um, thank you for listening to my story, but then also thank you to the entire HTech team who I just um, appreciate every day for the work that they do um, tirelessly to help me bring this technology to the market. Awesome. Thanks, Anne, and good luck with, with your product uh, going out next year.